You're now listening to the Thousand Story Podcast, presented by Thousand Story. Did you create this music yourself? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> That's so cute. No. <laughs> it's like the perfect opening. You know what? This should be like a... It is. This sounds like a children's show theme song. Yeah. It does. Yeah. That's why I'm like, wow, they really had to be creative here. <laughs> you know, that's what we do. So, you know, I don't know if many podcasts have like this long of a theme song, but hey, we do. We do. Yeah, I don't think they even, I don't even think that they have a theme. Like, do I feel like I don't hear songs. But that's why, that's why we're You're right. We're breaking the mold. Yeah. We're, we're reshaping yeah. the mold. This is the show. Yep. So, <laughs> for all those listening, welcome to it. the Thousand Story Podcast. We are your hosts, Najee. And Luis. And today we have our lovely resident guest, Jasmine Collier. I hope I said your last name right. I really do. Yes, I, I was did. Perfect. But uh, she's an artist manager, <laughs> slash tour manager, slash yes. ex-entertainment journalist, slash ex-wardrobe styler. Basically been in the business for a second. For a solid from, minute. Like, a minute. I mean, she's not like, oh, like she's still in her no, 20s. No, no, like, no. Chill, she's like, chilling. Chill. She's killing it. <laughs> but... Grew up in Japan and California. Now working with Esther and, and Joyce, Joyce Rice. Rice. So what is yeah. up, Jasmine? Give, Give it, it up. up for her. Thank you, know you. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, these sounds. <laughs> <laughs> this is like no other podcast. I love it. Yeah, we, no we have our own studio audience. All right. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Sounds. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Thanks for having me. You guys know a lot about me already. That was intense. Yeah. I yeah. forgot about some of that stuff. Wow. Hey. You know, we got to do homework. We have no, to do homework. Research. Okay, I gotta. I, I do that. have a quick question though. What was it? Was Japan cool? <laughs> Japan was cool. I like. There's like so many different stages of it. So it's like yeah. I was born there, lived there for um, maybe six months to a year, like less than that, and then That's cool. had gone back every year uh, throughout my childhood, and then recently. Um, well, like three or four years ago, lived there in my adult life for That's a year cool. too. Got it. Got it. Got it. So I've That's experienced cool. it at like all different parts of my That's life. That's awesome. Yeah. So I really want to go. I think I think this is all. This is our dream. It's our passion. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's my dream. It's been yeah. my dream since I was a wee I've little one. A wee little boy. Yeah. You, you know, know, the most we have is it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> the what's food? What's your favorite part of Japan? I mean, I guess it's the food, but it's also just how different it is than here. Oh, like, yeah. it's just insane. Like the the level of customer service, just mm. the meticulousness. Like, literally, if it's raining, every shop, like no matter if it's food or clothing store or you know whatever, will wrap up your you know whatever you bought in a bag but then also in a waterproof bag around it and then they'll like walk you out to the front what? door and like bow yeah, yeah it's so just sweet. like it's so intense and then you know like now we have like apple pay or like you know touch pay or whatever uh-huh. like uh-huh. they've had that for like 10 or 15 years like you used You're to just kidding me no yeah it's like such an old thing for them and they have like uh vending machines but that actually have hot stuff so like ramen vending machines or like like pot stickers in the vending machine like literally like crazy stuff like that 
ice so cream in the vending machine. Fifteen years in the future, in, when you're <laughs> Pretty in Japan, much. basically in the year uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people like, what's in Japan now will be here in the states in like you know ten to fifteen years. That's so crazy. Slow, so so I wonder why. Like, I mean, I feel like they're the tech powerhouse. Yeah, I agree. So why do they still view you know Silicon Valley as like the? Because I guess what what with software? I don't know. I don't know. That's really weird, though. I mean, but they're. I civil, feel like, like their ideas values. are like. I just feel like they execute their ideas quicker. Like, yeah. I don't know. Is I don't know. Like, I feel thing? like. I feel like it is. Honestly, that's such a good point because a lot of the ideas or a lot of the things that they've already executed, it's not like people here haven't thought of them. I think they're just trying to figure out how to do it, and I feel like everyone there is working day in and day out. Like another thing yeah. about their culture is that. Or about my culture is that um, <laughs> no affiliation. Is that they, yeah, like I always am like, oh wait, I forget. Um, is that their like working culture is so insane? Like they yeah. have um, rooms to sleep at in like in the offices because they expect you to sometimes sleep overnight and continue working. Oh, wow. That's crazy. You know what I mean? It's expected of you. I've so, actually I've heard a story. I heard tale. I've heard tale. <laughs> That if like if you fall asleep at your desk, that's actually seen as a good thing. Like yes. they're, they're like you worked so hard that you worked yourself to sleep, and now you're sitting at your desk sleeping. But I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's why they have the sleeping rooms because they're like, yeah. wow, like you're just such a good you know worker. like good worker. Like yeah. you're you're just exhausted, like you should be. That's like so that's funny. literally. If they've instilled that in America, like, I feel like people would just be sleeping. <laughs> like, I'd just be like, yeah, I've been working so hard. Like, you don't even taking know. naps all day. Yeah, Hours. no, seriously. I, I feel like, I feel like it's after working there and then coming in, like, dang, like, yeah, we are kind of lazy. Like, just compared to them, I mean, just compared to them. Yeah. It's exacerbated by like the, the LA lifestyle, like California lifestyle. Cause like, you, yeah, you right. know, you know, yeah, yeah. LA versus New York. New York is hustle, bustle. All the time. LA is like, what's exactly. there, man? It's, whenever we get there, it's all good. Yeah, you know, bro. What happen? I just feel like it's on another level over there in every, <laughs> in every way. Oh, gosh. So Damn. I got a like, segue into our, our you know, <laughs> next thing here um you know as as a manager as an as a you know kind of well, manager and tour manager which are yes. two separate jobs um you know how has your your i guess upbringing or like kind of being and, and seeing both different vibes affected how you approach like your relationships with who you work with um so like for example with like esta like do you do you kind of approach it in more of a, a lax manner because he's kind of based out of california but like joyce i know she lives in california too but because you guys kind of grew up together um and you know mm -hmm. how that kind of works and how that lifestyle works is it is it easier to kind of go in like work mode with joyce or like does it is it kind of interchangeable for you oh that's like a, i never thought about that i mean i feel like and I've talked about this before. I feel like mm. because both of them were friends prior, mm -hmm. um, it's like a relaxed environment, but it's also easier for me to be very honest and be like very firm, like right. when the time, you know, when I need to be. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I've been friends with Joyce since, I don't know, like grade school. Yeah. Whereas like I became friends with Esta more in college, but still like, I feel like I'm very close to both of them. So mm -hmm. I'm able to just be very, for the most part, relaxed until, you know, yeah. I'm like, until I, like, I don't know. I can't even think of an example, but for the most part, it's <laughs> relaxed. It's, for the most part, it's relaxed. But 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think um, like location has anything to do yeah. with it. But it. yeah, it's it's really interesting that you um, that you're talking about honesty because I, I feel like that that's something that's really hard to get in this uh, mm. in this industry. Oh my um, yes. because so many people are like very yes yes type, right. you know what I mean like yes person yes people yes people thank you <laughs> yes person um but you know like yeah. they, they they really want to like uh almost like coddle the artist um and nobody yeah. has I feel like there are certain managers who haven't built a, a level of like comfortability with their clients I suppose right um mm-hmm. where it feels like it's a, it's a friendship relationship friendship mentality yeah. Uh, that allows them the the room to speak freely and to be like, no, 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 I don't think we should do that. I feel like that idea is trash. Like, <laughs> no offense. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I, yeah, I no, think- I, I okay. totally understand that. I feel like it, I feel like for me, it's a personality thing. Like, I will be like that with anyone because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm a Leo. I'm like very outspoken. Same. I will just tell you what's on my mind all the times. Yeah. Like that goes for even, you know, non-working uh, friendships and relationships. But right. I think that you have to just have that point. Cause there's been times where I've had discussion with Joyce, like since we are friends, we both may take something, you know, personal, like, mm-hmm. Oh, like that hurt. Like yeah. you're trying to say that, um, you know, you didn't like this or you don't like this photo of me or like, mm, Oh, you're trying to say attack. that I'm not working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels like that. But then I, I try to kind of restructure my thinking and mm-hmm. me and her have also talked to about how like, it's not personal at the end of the day, like we can separate the business and the personal. And right. if I'm telling you, Hey, like this is not a flattering photo or like, I don't like this song or I don't, you know, it's only because I'm trying to consider, um, your best interests and, right. and we shouldn't take that to heart. And I feel like she gets that. And I feel like Francis gets that as, a, as well, because it's like when you're an artist mm-hmm. and you're creating, of course, mm-hmm. you're going to be very sensitive, right. but you want to yeah. have people that you trust. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. And I feel like that's why like, you know, like egos and like all of that can come into play. And that's why for maybe some managers, it's really difficult for them to voice like, like, Oh, we can't upset, you know, yeah. artists ABC. And <laughs> it's like, no, like if you don't tell them, then I feel like for me, it's more upsetting when later, like they go and do something and then we're like, Oh, that was a bad look. Like, where was their team? Like, where was yeah. their, you know? And I, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather just be like, I feel like I've said yeah. that too. So many times, like about artists, I'm like, who in their team thought this was a good idea? Who let exactly. you wear that? Or who let you sing that yeah. in good conscience? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you remember when uh, yeah. Fergie, I think we were watching the other day, mm-hmm. Fergie did um, like the, the national anthem. Uh, it was like a year back, I think. I remember oh, yes. that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was just mm-hmm. sitting there like, who let her? Yeah. Why? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. you cannot have yes men around you like no. that. Like, oh, right. it's bad. I yeah. mean, and you know, there's one, there's, it, there's something to say about like, you know, having chemistry with the people you work with. Oh, obviously, yeah. like having a team for sure that's important, like that you trust and yeah. that you vibe with. But like, you know, for me as an artist, I need it. It, it kind of the word of the day behooves, behooves. me. <laughs> that was the word of last season. That? Behooves. It behooves me as an artist oh. to find wow. my team. Yeah, you know, we're, we're out here educated. You know, we're, we're educating the people. I love that word of the day. I would have <laughs> never, ever heard that. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you know, we're, it's, it, it yeah. behooves us yeah. to have a team that is it's not filled with yes men and it's yeah. filled with people that, you know, obviously have our best interests at heart and that we get along with and that we flow with and work with, but also no one is just be like, like yeah. nah dog. like that's not it like it's but just that's also up to the, the artist though because like i don't know if you watch the um 
Oh, man, the, the Queen movie. I haven't seen it yet. Bohemian Rhapsody. Did you watch it? Mm, no, but I've no. been hearing really good things about it. It's a really good movie. but I mean, not that even it's a spoiler alert because it's history, you know? But, mm-hmm. you know, he, he and Freddie Mercury like really fell into the whole yes men mentality. I mean, he started surrounding mm. himself with people that were just very much like, yeah, 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 Freddie, like all about you, Freddie. You know, every, every whatever you need, Freddie, like think about yourself instead of the band or like all this stuff. And right. I, it's so easy to get caught into, caught up in that because like you're hearing what you want to hear, you know. Mm. And even at one point in the movie, he even goes when he gets, you know, like the, the other band because he does a solo and solo career. We all know that. Yep. yep, yep. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and during a solo career, he goes, you know, the one thing that I hated about him, he says it in the movies, like, is that, you know, I told them to do things and they did everything that I wanted. And it was trash mm, because yeah. there was no pushback. There was no rewrites. There were no, you know, um, I guess like personality um, struggles that like really helped create like really good music. Right. In the end. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. I mean, I always tell any, even if it's not an artist that I manage, but if I'm giving someone criticism and they don't like it, I'm like, Hey, like, just be happy that I'm willing to be this honest with you. And yeah. like one of my mentors, who manages um a bigger artist tells me all the time like you know i have to tell him yo like this song i'm not feeling it or like (laughs) you know like that campaign is corny like i don't want to do that you know or i don't feel like you should do that and Mm -hmm. he told me like it's okay sometimes the artist will be like well i'm still gonna do it or i like it so i'm gonna do and that's fine but i feel Mm -hmm. like it's all a part of the process and the learning experience and like maybe it does work out maybe the manager just had you know maybe like the taste just wasn't it was just different or maybe it doesn't work out and they're like "Mm, i'm gonna consider what you say a little more Mm -hmm. often you know like i Mm. feel like it's just like a trust thing but i definitely think having someone who's overly honest or just at least honest opposed to having someone who's gonna cater to you is you know better for your career so million percent yeah yeah it seems like that that sort of chemistry is like super important um because how, yeah. how difficult is it to find that chemistry? Have you, have you found, I guess, like for yourself? Because, you know, I mean, like, yeah, you, you're working with Esta and Joyce, but I'm sure like you've talked to other artists and, you know, have considered, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, managing other artists. But like how difficult? Yeah, 100%. Like, it's so crazy because actually, you know, a lot of people have asked me um, to join their team or mm-hmm. they tell me like they want a manager. And it's like... It's so, uh, it's insane. Like when I hear all these people tell me the hardest thing of my career is finding the right manager. Like it's, it's because you could have it all. Like you could have, you know, whatever the look, the talent, like whatever you need, Mm -hmm. you maybe even have like the backing from like a label and the money. But like, if you don't have a good like manager and Mm -hmm. like a good solid team, I just feel like you can get lost very quickly. So Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of people have asked me, Hey, you know, I'm looking for a manager. Are you open to accepting clients? But I always tell myself I have to really, really, really believe in the music. Like not mm. just be like, this looks like it can make some money. Like I'm, yeah. I'm in. Cause there's people who have already been kind of established and been like, Hey, do you want to be a part of my team? Right. And probably if I hopped in, like, you know, they already have a name, like it might not be as hard as trying to develop someone from the ground up. Mm. But it's like, if I'm not in love with, the product then i just feel like am i doing it's like an injustice to like everyone like what you know it's like a waste of my time and 
I don't want to try to be convincing other people that this is great if I don't even think it's great. You know what I mean? Yes. So I feel like that's the biggest thing. And that is kind of why so far I haven't um, taken on anyone else just because, you know, these people are my friends, but I was also like a fan before Mm -hmm. I was even working with them, you know, like I had believed in it before. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like some other people um, that may contact me, like, I may think they're good, but like I said, I want to love it. I want to be like, yes, I can sell this to anyone. Like I can convince other people that this is great. Yeah. So yeah, I just feel like that's really important and finding someone who's down to do that for you. And sometimes for a while, do that for you for free is like Mm. really difficult. You know what I mean? (laughs) So yeah. Very true. Very, very true. true. I mean, speaking of, you know, with, with, with Monty and myself, Monty being, uh, you, if you remember him from last season. Monty Montali. Montali um, who's actually yes. in the background uh, right now, but, you know, chilling, chilling out, being the same. Yeah, down you know, there so. doing some but, stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, him, you know, him reaching out was just out of the, him being a fan, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and that was dope mm-hmm. because I was actually in the middle of trying to find different managers like i was like kind of not i wasn't juggling managers i didn't sign with anybody but i was just talking and getting help from uh, like three or four different people um and Mm -hmm. the thing is it's like for me the most important thing was making sure one that they took my job as seriously as as i took my job so like i when i was just by myself you know being an artist slash your own manager is intense like Mm -hmm. it's so because you don't know what to do you're incredibly overwhelmed but you're just trying to get it done as much as you can and you know obviously you're you have your own best interests at heart but at the end of the day you know you need to when you need somebody to take that over um you know you want to make sure that they're actually prioritizing you like you don't want to get slept on by your own team (laughs) yes so you know i found that you know when i was getting help from other people you know, it, 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 there was kind of like it, it was kind of like dating, yeah. honestly. Like you really had to go through and just vibe people out and see yeah. where they, what, how they worked, how they felt, and like how important they they took you. And mm-hmm. you know, if you guys just clicked in general, because there are some people that I clicked with, but at the same time they just weren't quite there on the professional scale. Like you know, like like they they were good and we were like dope together, but like it was just too buddy buddy. And right. they like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, they were taking more or like they, their supposed cut of things were, was going to be more than they were mm-hmm. actually doing. And it was just like it wasn't a match for me. Like, so I, I right. found it was really, really important just to kind of suss people out and take yeah. that time to like just know what you need out yeah. of a manager. Because if you go into it just blind, yeah, yeah. you're going to have a, you're, you can have a lucky time. You know, it's yeah. not like it's going to be a bad time the first time around. But, you know, definitely go into it just with yeah. with the mindset of having a, a priority list for yourself and for them and what you need yeah. from them and that is how you're going to get ultimately like the best teammate because mm-hmm. you know exactly what you need out of them and what you need out of yourself to make that kind of work. I almost yeah. feel bad for like um like artists who just like blow up like overnight and don't have a manager and then they got like 50 and, people right. them and, up. Yeah and not only that but then they, they're they like making a ton of money and then it's like how do you differentiate the people that are just there for the money and the people that are there who actually care? Mm. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's what I'm saying like it's very easy to hop onto something that's already established but yeah. to really work with the artist from the ground up and like like i said for free for a mm-hmm. while sometimes yeah. it's like you have to really love it and you really have to um just have a lot of heart with it and yeah yeah, yeah so um there was one other thing that you were saying that i that i agreed with um but i forgot so <laughs> i said a lot I'm of things it's all good it's no, all good uh, 
um, teaming but with passion. actually I actually had a question for you so like you know me I'm a very goal oriented kind of guy like mm-hmm. I love setting goals and plans and Monty will attest to this I'm a planner yeah I'm planner I've seen the calendars <laughs> I've seen the calendars yeah, no the calendars. calendars like yeah. <laughs> you know Plural. I love just a good meticulous plan I mean but yeah. I also love free form and like free flowing things oh, so yeah. like I, I kind of plan around things being flexible and malleable but you know mm-hmm. how important to you is like setting goals for yourself for your team for your artists like for me i find like just like just the concept of just writing down like 2019 goals or like writing down like your your five-year plan really helps solidify you know one the, the morale of the team but two just like the the vision and and how you guys actually go about executing that because there's always something to go back to or like that's just me but do you do you do that with any of the artists that you work with like do you end up like writing out goals for each other or like the team in general so i will say like i feel like i'm extremely organized and I'm very planned and Mm. I'm very goal oriented, but I will say just to be completely honest and like, just for anyone who's listening, who might have the same problem is sometimes when I, I guess, you know, I, I, I consider short-term and long-term goals, but sometimes when I am writing down and trying to, you know, imagine up these long-term goals, Mm. I look at them and I get intimidated or I get a Mm. little bit, um, you know, just taking it back and I'm like, oh my God, like this is, can I do this? Or if something kind of goes off track, then I get really discouraged and I'm like, oh my God, this is not going according to my plan because I'm, right. since I'm so black and white sometimes, <laughs> I'm like, this is how it's going to go. This is how I'm going to get there. This is how I'm going to do it. And sometimes it's like, oh, road bump, like that didn't work or like roadblock. That's actually going to cost this much more than you expected. Or, oh, you know, this person is now sick so like now we can't do this and that's gonna affect this like then i start getting sometimes a little bit discouraged because i'm like oh my god my plan's not working my plan's not working what am i you know and i quickly get it back together because i'm a leo but (laughs) i just feel like sometimes that does throw me off just to be honest and i feel like that's something that a lot of people kind of go through but um i'm realizing that sometimes you just have to go with the journey and the flow that uh, you know is kind of planned out for you and that sometimes going by the book and like by your exact plan like sometimes it doesn't work and that's been i feel like in 2018 that was one of the hardest realizations for me was like (laughs) shit doesn't always go the way that you want it jasmine and you have to understand like even if i get to the goal if I get there a different way, I'm like, why, why couldn't it be like the way that I, that I wanted? Like, why couldn't it be like ABCD goal? Like, why did it have to be like G F Z all over the place? It like finally got to the goal, but it's so different than I expected. Like, you know how I was going to get there. So that is one thing I will say very, very, um, planned and like Mm -hmm. detail oriented, Mm -hmm. but um, I do find myself getting a little bit, uh, yeah. thrown off when, you know, when, when I get some curveballs, but yeah. I, like I said, I always bounce back. I always bounce back, but yeah. it is oh. something that I'm working on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things like, like, I just want to touch on, uh, adaptability. I mean, I feel like that as a, as a man, especially as a, as a tour manager, um, mm-hmm. that's probably like one of the biggest things. Cause like, even in, in my own life, cause I, I've had to book my own shows and mm. it is just the biggest headache in the <sighs> in the world 
to just book a show because like sometimes like booking agents aren't like getting back to you or like if you're just talking straight to the venue like they have so much stuff going on that like you know booking is probably falling on some guy who's like talking to seven million bands and artists you know at the same time trying to like just figure out their own schedule um how how do you adapt i guess in in that in that space because like that to me is like one of the most chaotic outside of being you know like an artist manager because as far as a tour goes i mean it's based on like a a timeline you're traveling from one space to another you know what i mean trying to make sense of it all uh without spending an absorbent amount absorbent exorbitant thank you (laughs) absorb exorbitant (laughs) amount of money you know what i mean trying to make sense of when i don't know you get what i'm saying (laughs) yeah i feel like that's kind of a lot of the reason i love it like me and so many other managers always talk about this they're like you like going on the road like god bless you like i hate it i hate it i need to stay off the road like there's no way like oh talking to asians forget about it like people really don't like it and i and i 100 understand why but there's something i guess within me that just really likes it i think problem solving is a very big part of tour managing yeah just someone the other day they were asking me they're like aren't you so excited and i'm like i'm really excited because i'm about to actually go um on tour with kiana lede um who's Ooh, opening up congrats, for lma congrats yeah that's so, cool. yeah that'll be one of it's well it is going to be like the biggest tour that i've tour managed this far but um just someone asked me like are you excited i'm like i'm super excited and i was like but i'm a little nervous and they're like nervous like what could you be nervous about that's so cool you're gonna go to this place this place this place and i'm like yeah but like <laughs> you don't understand like there's a lot of stuff you have to consider here like you know like yeah like i i went on a tour that was extremely smaller than this and you know just smaller um artists like uh, um only on the west coast less dates a smaller Mm. budget but Mm -hmm. like still the most unexpected things will come up and you're just like oh my god what are we gonna do you know so with this i'm just like okay more money involved more people involved like bigger talent involved like there are times where i'm like worried but i feel Mm -hmm. like you know when things happen you just gotta get it together like you literally just gotta not freak out because you're also kind of the voice and the stability for the band and the talent and whoever else is traveling and so i feel like that makes me feel good knowing that I can kind of try to get things in mm. order and make sure everyone's happy. I'm, I feel like I'm a people pleaser and I like to see people happy. I like to make mm-hmm. people happy. So like knowing like my sole job on tour is to literally keep these five other people happy and in time for soundtrack every day. It's mm-hmm. like, I love it, you know, yeah. but I can understand for other people. They're like, no, I can't do that. Like, I don't want to babysit. <laughs> like, I, I can't, you know, but for me, it's more so just like, if I need to, you know, I don't know if the artist wants this and that's, what's going to make them happy. And that's, what's going to make them put on this great show for these 1000 people that have been waiting to see them for months, then I want to do it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so, for sure. um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really do like it, but I do feel like there are, um, there are challenges when it comes to that for sure. Mm-hmm. So like, so how would you go about prepping for tour versus, uh, like an artist, for example, I know for me, in my case, like it, it, it it's kind of you, you've had to. De- I've had to develop the the kind of process and procedure the for the whole thing, you know, and and the formula mm-hmm. coming, you know, down to the writer, down to like just like how we kind of get stuff in and out, equipment and whatnot. But like for me, I know mentally, like I have to like 
I have to wind out. Like for the for the three days prior to a show, like I'm I'm drinking like water straight. Like I'm barely like no no cheeses or anything like that. I'm like hmm. trying. I'm consciously putting myself in a headspace where I gotta like focus. I'm just like there's no. I'm not making yeah. music. Like I, I have to be in an entirely different headspace. Mm-hmm. And and then when like you know getting up to the point like the day before, I'm guaranteed like. I'm, <laughs> me and Monty actually recently found this place in New York. It was like a, a nap York um, because I've really gotten into, you know, like doing like a nap before the show, like like a like a calm, relaxing spa esque nap, like in a nap pod. Like That's a, awesome. And they're dope. They're they're fun. like it, for me, it's just like that process is so necessary. Um, but like, what, yeah. what are some processes like for you? What what is it like for you as a, I guess as a tour manager? Like, what do you have to go through? It's so interesting that you asked me that because I've actually gone through many phases of it. So like hmm. my first tour ever was, it was actually like a pretty nice tour, but like just prepping for that, there was no prep. I was like, yes, I'm going on tour. I, Mom, I get to go to this city and this city and then we get to go here and here and I cannot wait. Like I was just so excited. Like my prepping was just, you know, okay, making sure we have hotel confirmations and making sure that I make itineraries. Like I was not right. really prepared. <laughs> so then, on, and especially like with my mental and everything, like I wasn't, and I was also going through a breakup literally like a few months before that. So I was not prepared. So I was just thinking, this is like a big field trip with all my friends. Cause it was with um, a bunch of artists that were my friends. So I was like, this is going to be so fun. And it was fun. It was literally amazing. But I was also like, Oh my God, like this is like, this can be really lonely. Like, Oh, I, I didn't like mentally prepare for this. You're like, Oh, I thought I was going to love being around everyone 24 seven, but I actually want five <laughs> minutes to myself or, Oh, like I feel super lethargic and tired because I ate whatever I wanted before I came here. And right. on this trip, every time we stop at the gas station, I'm eating whatever I, want. so I literally feel crappy every day at the same time, you know, like <laughs> things like that. So I noticed, so then I was like, okay. So then like I did my next tour, which was super DIY and that I was like trying to prep for it a little more but same thing like budget was lower than that first tour so mm. it's like yep sometimes we're gonna have to eat you know whatever literally whatever we can find <laughs> so same thing like just not feeling super like uh you know alert and just you right. know and so with this tour it's like when i found out i was going on it maybe a month and a half ago i was like all stops like i got a trainer i started like doing everything i started doing sound baths like i was like i'm going to be mentally prepared because this is very Mm -hmm. long this is like almost two months and it's with like three traveling parties and like you know like i said there's a lot more than i've ever done for managing with this so i you know like started meal prepping and I started going to the trainer and then I was like another trainer um as my friend was like oh do you want to train with me on the days you're not with that trainer I was like yep so then I was doing like five days so then um you know and then I've been like just getting things for the tour like things that we could work out with um on tour but like that are really easy so just like elastic bands or jump ropes like all kinds of stuff I'm like I'm not going to be feeling tired and like sad and like lonely um on this tour like i'm gonna make it good i'm gonna feel good i'm gonna have energy i'm gonna be pleasant to work with Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make sure everyone's in a good mood i mean Mm. of course i can only control myself but like if we're all doing this together you know um and same thing with the artist like she's been working out with me she gets like meal plans delivered to her like she's in the like right headspace for it because people don't understand like it's not a 
you know, two, three, four month field trip. It's literally draining and exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're not the artist, like for the artist, it's the most obviously because you're, you know, like vocally and just like performance wise, Mm -hmm. you know, mentally, but even just for everyone, it's like that much traveling, living, like unpacking your suitcase and literally packing it up a few hours later, just like you're constantly seeing all different people. Like every venue, there's a new sound guy, there's Mm -hmm. a new, you know, production manager and you have to do the same thing every night. Um, so it's very like, it can be exhausting. And then of course, like, you know, if you, have a pet or if you're in a relationship or if you have kids like some of the people that are going with us like you know they have they're married and they have kids like right. they it can be lonely in that way yeah. yeah so you have to just really mentally be in a good space and just keep positive and like not let things get to you mm-hmm. like the jet lag like all that so oh, i really real. think that <laughs> yeah like and yeah. jet lag can even just change your mood like oh like i can't oh, sure. like sleep properly because of jet lag and then you're cranky and then that makes you like and then you go to another place and you can't keep, catch up and then you get sick like it literally you have to just be on it oh, so that's yeah. one thing that's one thing i've learned over the course of touring i'm like nope like right before tour like i can't do anything crazy i need to rest i need to be in the right mental space like my bag just like that i bring on the plane is <laughs> insane like i have four <laughs> different i have like four different um what are those things like eye covers i have like a heated <laughs> scented eye cover that i put under that eye cover i have lavender spray Amazing. i have so many packs of emergency i have like painkillers because sometimes i just need to pop them like right. yeah. i have everything <laughs> yes seriously it just hurts i have everything in my bag and it's like people are always like what's in here i'm like my life everything like, yeah my so house i try to be very prepared seriously yeah i just try to bring a mini version of everything like so yes to answer your question that's my long answer but that hey. is how i how I kind of handle that yeah. and I feel like with this tour I'm trying to handle it you know like just I'm just trying to move cautiously because I know that uh yeah it's gonna yeah. it could be it could be a lot it's yeah. a long time yeah so. And, and so this tour you're doing the they have a full band right there's a or there is a um, full band so the headliner is May and she has a full band right Got and it. then um Kiana has um, Kiana and Lucky Day actually both have, I think, guitar players and keys. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's what he has I too, think. but that's what we have. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, partially, but I think LMA has a full band. Got it. Like, and yeah. how is it? I mean, like, okay, so when you're working with, like, uh, Francis, for example, you know, oh, clearly mm-hmm. he doesn't really need a band. He's a DJ. He's a DJ. So, yeah. <laughs> there's, right. You know, there's a kind he of is a his band. He is his band. <laughs> he is the band. You know? Exactly. But, yes. like, in in that situation versus something like Joyce, where she, like, it's her kind of experience is it's dependent on a band. Um, like, mm-hmm. w- what do you find of the challenges in between, like, having a band and not having a band? Yeah. You know what? It's such an interesting because i've seen people kill it with the dj like the dj adds so much for them like mm. i don't know they just i mean it may be their um, their personal energy or just like their stage presence like and then some people tell me like oh i don't want to have a band because i feel like it like drowns me out like i want to be the mm. center you know mm-hmm. but for joyce i feel like a band really complements her um it just works out 
better for us and I feel like it really just adds to her show um, when we have done DJ sets we try to have like dancers or like another element incorporated to kind of like make it feel like a full on um, production but right. yeah I feel like for her a band works but like I'm saying I've seen artists where I'm like dang that was just a DJ they could just have like I guess amazing uh, tracks right? like backing tracks but like yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, they killed it with the DJ, you know? So it really just depends on what kind of artist you are. But specifically for Joyce, I really feel yeah. like um, a band works. And like a full band, like when we've had like a five or six piece band, like that just sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Do you, I mean, so. <laughs> do you have to get new musicians every time? Or do you, does, are there like regular artists that she calls upon, I guess, or that you call upon? Yeah, I mean, I have an MD that I pretty much use for everything unless he's touring. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, or like, he's often touring, but for the most um, part, when we've needed him on stuff, he's there. And so he's really cool. And we try to use most of the same people, but like I said, because this is LA and, like, everyone's always touring and, and has gigs, sometimes we have to swap out people. Mm. But I like to use... Um, for the most part, the same people because I feel comfortable with them. I can trust right, them. Right. You know, we have like just like that agreement, like the chemistry that we, yeah, yeah. like it'll work well together. So I like to use the same people, um, mm -hmm. but I'm always open. So I'm always like looking for if I see like, oh man, this is a cool bass player. Like I'll follow them. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you never know when you're you going to need know. someone. Yeah, yeah. You never know. So. Always looking for live musicians. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody's in the market, yeah. you know, hit her up. Hit yes. Her up. Uh, but Always. it's interesting, though, because, like, for me, um, and, you know, as, as the artist and and trying to figure out what, it, it, as far as Najee goes, because, you know, it, I, there may be different projects in the future. But right mm -hmm. now, for myself, it, it, it depends on the, the venue, depends on what the audience is going to be like. But like, I've always like tried to see what it feels like just doing a solo show because like I kind of do this mm -hmm. combination, you know, solo act slash DJ slash everything. And that has been helpful and hurtful in many cases, you know, <laughs> it's, it, you know, when you're doing everything yourself, it, it, it it's a lot of work. Right. It's a lot. I of work. Yeah. I also forgot that like, yes, it can be, um, it can work out sometimes if you play instruments. That's one thing like Joyce is taking, you know, piano lessons. We're trying hey. to get her in there, but you know, you play instruments and other artists I know, like they play like keys and they play guitar. So like, you know, they can really create a lot out of their own show and it feels really personal. It feels mm -hmm. really intimate. So if you have that um, ability, then yeah, I feel like that's great. But like you were saying, yes, it can can drain you out because you're like okay or like you know even like i've seen you know mistake is really good at doing it but kind of using that um what is that thing called the pad like and he just oh, creates his own show up there oh the yeah so yeah like a, a looper yeah so i feel like that can also be really entertaining too and can save you a lot of money on oh, booking yeah. um mm -hmm. musicians um if that is something that you're able to do you know so yes i I get it, but it can be tiring because it's like you have no break, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even when, the, when, even those little few minutes when the artist is like, oh, "I want to introduce you to my band," and like having each, uh, you know, band member do a solo, that's like breathing time. Oh, it is. Really, you know, I have to like talk and and uh, have is. to, you know, perform. So I feel like, yeah, I can imagine doing it by yourself. Everything, every element, uh, 
it's a lot. exhausting. But, you know, it, it yeah. especially because I come from a band background. Like, you know, when, you know being a right. drummer, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of second nature for me to riff off of other people. Um, and it's yeah. just infinitely harder, you know, especially for, like, artists that are just starting to kind of find that same energy when they wish they had the band or, like, they just had the backing track. Like, I feel like the backing track is such a slippery slope because people can rely on it too easily but also at the same time it's like if it's the only thing you have you know how do you make that energy still apparent with just that little bit you know? right so we end up getting more creative right. as a result because like for me you know i was like i don't want to just go up there with a the backing track sing a song and then leave that like that shit's lame but <laughs> but you know if it's the it's only thing place, i have yeah. you know i'm gonna make sure i can twist some knobs and you know interact with the crowd and like you know get yeah. make people engage you know mm-hmm. and i I feel right. like you know th- that's one of the key points of, of having a band is like this really engagement it, it's on stage but it, it allows you to easier engage with the people as well because you yeah. have that moment to breathe and like interact and just mm-hmm. like pause and reflect yeah. mean, like have you experienced that Louis? Like, yeah no what's really interesting is with bands is i feel like if you have the same people in in the band like the the audience really start like the fans really start following those people as well mm-hmm. yeah because they help tell the story of you know they they help give uh i guess a little insight into the lifestyle of the artist like who they're yeah. hanging out with you know what i mean what kind of people they surround themselves with um and i always found that interesting like i always love like like mac demarco was always has always been one of my favorite artists um and he like tame impala you know and i've started following like the the people that they bring along on tour with them and, you know, they each have their own project and they're all super interesting. And I just, it, you know, it's just a great way to introduce people to new music. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, I don't know. I just I really love that. But I felt the same way because I've only been in, in band settings. Yeah. Like I've never. Right. Even the music that I do now, I'm like, I can't I can't do it with just like. Like I need a band. I need a band. I need a live band. There's no other way to reproduce yeah. it. My mind just doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? I can't. I can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just DJ this stuff. But nah, I, I can't. It's impossible for me. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everyone has preference, and I feel like whatever you're comfortable with usually works out. You know, the best. And, yeah. Um. Yeah, like for okay. my art. Well, I mean, like so as a DJ, but for um a producer DJ, but um mm-hmm. for Joyce. Uh, a band has always been her choice that's yeah. always been her pick so yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. for Joyce you know how have you kind of how have you guys kind of navigated you know opening versus headlining like wh- how have you have you mapped any of that out like when when it's to tough. open versus when to like try and go for a headlining show yeah. like how, how have you, yeah yeah like what what's that whole process mm-hmm. like <laughs> so that's actually like that's a very it's a very sometimes you have to really sit down and think and analyze that type of thing because for example last year we didn't tour almost at all besides the Mm. first month which Mm -hmm. was our tour that we had already planned in 2017 but um we didn't tour at all because we were trying to just work on music but some of the offers that we were getting to open for people we had to just really weigh it out like you know is this going to be beneficial for us? Like right. a lot of times when you're opening, you know, you have to have tour support and you don't get tour support unless you have a label because, mm. you know, like the uh, rate that they have for an opener will just be pretty low. Yeah. So it's like, okay. And as an independent artist, like I said, you you don't have tour support because you're not signed. So you have to think like, can I personally take out X amount of dollars to go open for this person? Is it going to be beneficial for me? Mm-hmm. Um, is there going to be some gain from it? And right. I think, you know, so far we have not 
really gotten that like if for example if if we got asked to open for like the internet or something that would mm-hmm. be totally uh that would be something that i feel like would make sense like i would yeah. want to make it happen for sure right um but i feel like you have to just be very wise and and careful about that because um you know i see some people who wait to tour for a long time and they're mm-hmm. still successful when 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 they tour later yeah. um but i know other people who are like i just have to tour like i need to hop whatever tour whatever offer i get like i'm hopping on it mm, um right. and i just feel like you know it it could yeah. if it's not beneficial and and you mm-hmm. end up you know putting in a lot of your personal money as the end of artist at least then you know it could be a waste yeah. and I feel so like- i um Go ahead, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say. So, yeah, I, I feel like you have to you weigh it out. And even with artists, I feel like sometimes they all have ego. Like, I don't want to open for that person. Like, yeah. what? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm bigger. You know, but it's like sometimes it's like, no, you need to do it because it's going to be a good look. Like, yeah. imagine having your fan base plus their fan base be in love with you. Like, yeah, it will. It'll be a good look, you yeah. know. So we're still kind of trying to figure that out um, in terms of opening we haven't gotten any immediate offer from from uh, artists that we feel like fits also because mm-hmm. choice um we don't have an agent so like everything oh. pretty much freelance so hey, um same. yeah <laughs> but, yeah yeah and it's i mean hey keep your keep your 10 percent if you can um but yeah in terms of headlining like if there are headlining opportunities we usually take them because you know like of course i feel like most artists want to do that um but yeah i don't have like a set plan for it yet we've been really just trying to get this music together and then when the music Mm. was together you know i was going to kind of sit down and map out um the touring uh the routing but it's crazy because most of our offers come from international um at this point so Would yeah? Would there be an instance? Because uh, like I mean, like obviously, like opening, you also have to think about like the artist that you're opening for. Because I've seen acts mm-hmm. that have opened. Like I saw uh, Jordan Rockeye last year in in Philly, mm-hmm. and um, I think D- Donia, Donia, uh, Donia. Thank Dunia. you. I forget. <laughs> yeah, but she opened for him, and it was just the strangest. I was like the the dynamic between their music was just not like. And I think she's dope, and I think he's dope. But in mm. a same like, like her opening for him, it was just not the right setup for his music. Mm. It was not the right environment for her music. You know what I mean? Because she was playing to an audience who's like who is coming to hear Jordan Rakai, which is just like jazzy neo soul neo soul type right. music. And she's like very chill, like lo-fi. Um, you know, so it was just that was like super interesting. But I feel like um, can you can you like be opening? And headlining, like headlining your own tour, and then also opening on other pe- other people's shows, like during your headline mm-hmm. tour, is that an option? You I feel can. Like you I feel like you. I feel like people do that. Like I've seen artists who, like, clearly the flyer will come out and it'll be like, you know, so and so, and then with the asterisks or, uh, you mm-hmm. know, this opener or whatever, and God. then that opener will will uh kind of post and create their own fire and be like this is my tour routing and it'll be you know some one-off days maybe that they're getting in between that um and then the supporting days so i feel like yeah you can simultaneously do that Mm -hmm. um i guess it just wouldn't be 
it's all kind of like how you how you set it up and how you word it so like a lot of people will be like oh so and so is going on tour and it's like oh my god cool but like some of those dates may be a part of another larger artist tour you know what i mean right right. so but i feel like there's nothing wrong with that at all so um so yeah i hope that answers no No, yeah definitely so i i guess from from the manager point of view you know booking since like like just the whole concept of like being booked or, or getting booking tends to be a, a pretty straightforward process because you mentioned like a, the 10 percent. like could you explain a little bit what that is like i know what it is but just mm. <laughs> so people are aware of like what the whole kind of process is to go from like being someone being interested in a show like how does an artist go from making music to being on a stage at least at least from a manager's so I- point of view yeah, there's a lot of different ways um, that that can happen. So, for example, you can have I've had all like all I've been through all the different ways pretty much. So, right. like you can have a venue hit you up directly and just be like, "We love Joyce Rice, like we want to book her at our venue." So then, in that sense, you have the um, the booker at the venue directly reaching out to you. So they're not going through an agent or mm-hmm. an agent's not trying to fill a spot. Um, at that venue, it's just the venue reaching out to you. So in that right. sense, then you'll just create your deal with the um, with the the booker of that of that venue. That venue so maybe they want to do a door deal. So like a door deal is when they're like, okay, you'll get this percent of the door, mm-hmm. and we'll get this percent of the door, and then like they might even be like, oh, and we'll throw in this person in the bar, and right. you know that's what yeah. you get. But then. If, you know, people don't show up, then you're kind of screwed because he's like, you already told your band how much you're going to pay them. You already paid for flights. You already paid for a hotel. So it's like door deals are kind of like, you know, a little risky. But then, you know, the ideal situation would be to get a to get an offer. So it's like, okay, our offer is a flat this much money and then like a bonus. So maybe they'll start off at a lower a lower offer mm-hmm. so like okay we're gonna do this much but you know the bonus is if you sell 500 tickets then we give you this or if you sell out we'll give you an extra this you know so that's that and that can also happen through an agent so if you have an agent um usually an agent will reach out to you if they're interested if they just see your growth or they're seeing your ticket sales and they're like how is this person not represented so mm-hmm. you know they could just be like hey Najee, like we want to represent you and when they represent you, you know, the benefit to that is just having access to more shows because when, um, who can I think of? Like when, uh, I'm literally like blanking on artists, but anyone (laughs) just like, you know, any artist, like say that they're like, okay, you know, uh, we also represent so-and-so and that person is opening and they have an opener for every show except Philly. Like, Mm -hmm do you want to do it? They're going to go through their clients most likely first. Like they're going to send an internal email and be like, Hey guys, we're looking for an opener music style like this available this state in this um, city. You know, do you want to do it? And then, you know, having your, like if you don't have an agent, how are you going to be? Sometimes they will like just cold submit you and be like, Oh, I know this one artist. And maybe that artist is at a different agency or maybe that artist is doesn't have an agency but for the most part they're going to go internally and be like okay who do we have that matches that you know because they want to like keep the money within and with that it's they'll they'll link you so you know and if the headlining artist and if if everyone agrees the venue and like okay we're gonna have this person then 
your agent will secure your uh, offer or whatever it is, like whatever the deal is. And then from that offer, the agency will take 10% because they they secured it for you but that doesn't mean that they're going to you know book your travel and do all this stuff right they just secure the deal for you your team does everything else and then yeah. you pay them you know the 10 percent for, for getting you the gig wow so some people are like you know why do i still have to pay my agent this much if they didn't get me this gig because some people still will pay their agent off of like gigs that they got for themselves um, but the agent will like handle the negotiating like when it comes to it they'll be like oh just contact my agent so the agent will handle the negotiating even though the deal didn't come through the agent and then they still take 10% you know so right. it mm. gets a little interesting, it gets interesting. It's so that's why I'm saying like when you're when you don't have an agent mm-hmm. you can really uh, be flexible there yeah. and you can negotiate what you want and know like okay if I negotiated $2,000 like I'm getting $2,000 I'm not getting $2,000 minus, minus 10%, 10% right. yeah yeah so that is, I feel like the beauty of even like with people that are being independent, like, you know, like owning their masters and just, you know, if they release their project on TuneCore, like that's them, their TuneCore money, like it's not being filtered through, um, you know, a label. And so right. I feel like same thing with Asian, if people can do it, I do think like having an agent is like very helpful and very beneficial because mm-hmm. like I said, there's certain offers and, and shows that get funneled through them and them only. And, you know, like yeah. most likely uh, festivals get funneled through them before they're going to just come to you naturally. So um, I do see, yeah, I do see a significance in having one, but you can definitely, you know, if you really do the groundwork, cause I've even been, in the situation where I hit up venues and I'm like, I want to have a show at your venue. And they're kind of like, what's in it for me? Like you have to really prove to them. You have to show them hard ticket sales. You have to show them like, okay, I'm trying to create my own tour. This is my routing. Right. And most of those times, like they're taking a chance. So they'll do the, like a door deal. Like I was mentioning. Right. But, um, you know, if they maybe are like, Oh, I've heard of you or actually, Oh, I like you or or, I've, I've been a fan. You know, they may, they may, um, give you that offer like like a flat offer now i've noticed you mentioned routing a lot you know like most people don't realize i mean obviously planning out a tour planning out stops makes sense but like how integral is that to the process of reaching out to others because i would have imagined you know just as an artist going in blind you know just focusing on that city or that area would make more sense but you, you mentioned that like you really have to like show them the full plan like this is where i'm going this is why i'm going in those places and like i, I just didn't realize that that was such a an important yeah. aspect of it like like showing each venue exactly where you're going like i knew ticket sales like I, that makes yeah. sense but like as an independent artist that's just in, good to know you know if you're planning yeah. a tour you really need to plan, plan the, the tour, tour. <laughs> yeah exactly i feel like the routing helps for many reasons. One, because they want to see, okay, what are the other venues you're playing? Some venues have like sister venues. So they'll be like, Oh, we know the guys there. You know, if they're going to book you, like, you know, we're going to book you or it could be like, okay, we want to see where you're coming from because if they are agreeing to like maybe pay for your travel and stuff, they're like, okay, well, you come in front, we're in Seattle, you're coming from LA or you're coming from New York. You know what I mean? So, um, and just also for yourself, it's beneficial to make sure you have your routing in order because you can save a lot of money if you do it properly. Like it makes no sense to like 
do you know like a seattle show and then go to new york and like then go back to san francisco and then yeah. like you want to keep it like yeah. east coast west coast like right. and that's why a lot of artists especially when they're independent and starting out they'll be like west coast tour because it's like i can dr- drive up and down the coast for right. a lot cheaper than it is to like fly five people across uh the country you know mm-hmm. so they'll be like west coast tour or you know east coast tour or they'll do the whole thing but they'll do it where it's like okay we're going to slowly make our way up the west coast and then maybe they'll take a flight to like you know wherever philly or something and then they'll drive to like new york and all the other spots Mm -hmm. so um you have to just be careful because like i said like touring is very very expensive and there's ways that you can get around certain things and save money but um yeah, you have to remember, like, you're paying for everyone that's going, and, you know, their rate, their day rate and like their hotels and their travel and their per diem, like it adds up very quickly, yeah. very, very quickly. Have you ever tried to like crowdfund anything? Like, like, have you ever tried like to use the audience as the means of completing the tour? Like, have you, have you... I have done that. Ooh. I actually did that. So it was insane. Uh, I used to manage this girl named Avalon Young and she was on american idol so she had like almost like a cult fan base like they were <laughs> in love with her and so their twitter their tweets would always be like please come to houston please come to columbus ohio please come to uh, like every day it's like they're just saying the same thing over like copy and paste like please come to columbus columbus, columbus, right. columbus. Oh, so it's like okay so she like we kind of sat down and we're like how are we gonna like we need to get to these places but you know she just got off the show there's like no money like we were looking at certain label deals but you know like how are we going to get to these fans before we lose their interest because right, of right. course the interest is fresh because right. she just got off the show right, right, right. so we're like okay let's tell them what we what we need so we'd be like hey guys you know we're going to do a poll of the cities that we should go to, you know, and you can vote. So that's what we did. That's another thing you should do. If you're independently routing your own tour, find use analytics from wherever Facebook, Spotify, wherever, and find Mm. where your fans are, because why are you going to go to Nebraska? If you have three fans there, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like go to places where, you know, you can sell merch and you can sell tickets and people are going to want to meet up with you. People are going to want to do like the meet and greet, like before, after, like, go to those places so she we would do that so we do the poll and then um we would be like okay you know these were the cities that people wanted to um have me come to uh i'm gonna sell i'm gonna do a limited amount of tickets and if we reach like a certain if we reach the amount then i'll release another 50 tickets or whatever and Mm. we were pricing the tickets based off of like okay if we get this amount of money that can pay for us to go there and do this and rent the space and do this so like we would do that and we'd tell them like you know if we don't reach the amount then like we can't come so of course they're like please so like they would even be like i'm buying tickets for like my friends cousins this like they were just trying to get the money to us so we did all of that through um it wasn't crowdfunding. What was it called? Uh, just through Eventbrite. So we just oh, create an event. Yeah. And we sometimes like, because luckily, like I said, this is how it comes in handy. Like she can play guitar very well. So we were able to make all of these acoustic shows. So hey, it kind of cool. like, uh, yeah, kind of like a so far sound thing, but we would rent like, I remember, I think it was in, Ooh, I can't remember. Like do like Airbnb. It was Ohio. Things? 
No, like I would just rent like a rec, like a, a rec center, or I'd rent oh, like a dance room in like yeah, because in these random places, like sometimes they didn't have like venues yeah. that could accommodate just like 150 people. It right. would be like really big venues or nothing. So mm. you know, I would rent like these random spaces, um, and just plan it out where it's like super intimate, like super so far sounds type like they sit yep. on the floor and like circle it up and she's playing guitar and singing and then we have merch and then um you know like we'll do a meet and greet so like a part of them buying the ticket is like okay you get to like meet me and talk to me and take pictures with me yeah. and you know get access to my merch so also how we try to make it exclusive is like the only we're not going to sell this merch um online because like we'd always sell merch else. online we're only going to sell it there. Yeah. So every place we did, we did exclusive merch for that city. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then that would make them be like, oh my God, like what's the design for Columbus going to be? Or like, what's the design going to be for, um, you know, right. whatever, Atlanta, you know, like, so they were really, really excited. So some people would even just buy the ticket and they didn't live there just because they wanted to support and then be like, asking one of the other fans can you pick up like my merch shirt like oh, wow. it was insane yeah what? so that was the first time i kind of like created my own situation and use the fans as a way to just get on tour you know that's yeah. really cool so wait so everybody received a, a shirt is that did i hear that correctly like if they got a yeah. ticket i guess or a specific package well yeah there i think i think we did different packages but right. um yeah they were able to buy it if they were there like we didn't take order from other people mm-hmm. so like if you know if they live in california and they're like oh but i want the shirt from ohio or like whatever we didn't do that so sometimes they would buy a ticket and be like oh i bought the ticket for the ohio show but like i obviously can't go but like because i bought that ticket because we'd only make the right. amount of tickets bought you know right um for so the yeah then yeah. we'd be like okay well yeah you you bought your ticket for this so then you know like we didn't tell yeah. them to do that but that's just what they started <laughs> doing wow um So yeah, that was crazy because I've never been able to make that much money that quick. Like not personal money, but like money to fund, (laughs) money to fund going. Like, you know, we were able to pay for herself and myself to fly there and to put us up in an Airbnb and then to rent the space and like whatever equipment that we'd need. Mm -hmm. Um, and to pay for the merch because the merch was expensive, you know, and to fly the merch, which was really expensive. Um, so all of that through the fans. Wow. I show specific merch. I'm like, I'm, I will always buy. I will uh, always buy that right. as, a, as a fan. If you're really as a fan, like, yeah. yeah, no, like posters that it's just like, Oh, you can only, this is the only venue you can get this poster. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> this is going to remind right. me all the time. Like I have so many of those posts. I have a Tame Impala poster when they performed at Red Rocks. Dope. And it's cool that they have this like incredible design. You know what I mean? It's so not only does it look super cool, but every time I look at it, I'm just like reminded of that time that I saw them at mm-hmm. the Red Rock Amphitheater. And I was just like, yeah, no, so, that's super exactly. smart. Yeah. So the, uh, yeah, merch is such a way yeah. to connect, especially now with all the throwback tees being like, yes. you know, the trend. Like yeah. I just think about, oh, in 20 years, I'm going to have like, my merch from like this Mac Ayer show or like, you know, yeah. it's just like, you yeah. just remember the time you remember the show. You remember the feeling of like yeah. seeing them live for the first time. It's just, I really like merch. That's yeah. why I like shows. It's just like the experience that you'll mm-hmm. never forget. Plus yeah. like the merch plus just like 
you know, going and spending that experience like with friends or whoever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Wait, so so they do, I mean, so, so some venues don't take percentage of your yeah. merch and some venues... Imagine, imagine them taking, uh, you know, 30% of the tickets that people are paying to see yeah. you and then they're taking 30% of your merch and all the money that they're making at the bar they give you like a small percentage that's crazy yeah people definitely um take percent usually like a more common percentages for merch are like 10 to 10 to 15 to 20 mm -hmm. but um yeah like i've seen a 30 70 before <laughs> Wow. Oh my God. Or sometimes they'll just have a flat fee, like, okay, $100 to sell merch at our venue or something like that. But it's like, if your merch is not worth that much, then like you're kind of losing out. So it, it depends. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Cause I saw a triathlon um, in, uh, in Philly and they were actually talking to the, um, whatever the, the Philly venue I went to, I, I forget what the foundry actually. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Which is uh, affiliated with the, the Fillmore um, mm -hmm. venues. But yeah, they were like, "Oh, how much merch did you sell?" And apparently, they had to have sold a like a like a specific dollar amount of merch, and then the venue would take whatever percentage it was. Uh, yeah, which yeah, is really people do that yeah. too. Like, yeah. okay, after you a thousand, then you know we're taking money from you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's true. That. That's you know, just yeah. good business. How do they police that though? Just wondering. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did that at a venue before, and they were like, they said that, and I was like, mm, well, I don't have any inventory of this, yeah. so oh, yeah, no. it's true. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Some, it was like a ridiculous. It was like one fifty for I don't know. It was just something crazy. I still paid them, but I was just like, I'm going to not tell them about these extra ten that <laughs> yeah. we sold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Unless you give them an inventory beforehand, and then you're like, you right. just cut and then the, they count the inventory. It. Yeah. Yeah. If you only have, quote unquote, 20 shirts. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can get exactly. by. Exactly. It can happen. Life, yeah. Life yeah. Anyway. <laughs> to, to kind of sum it all up, bring it all home, you know, the, the, the live experience is comprised not of just the sound, obviously not just the sound. It's it's the the feeling the exclusivity the the engagement the the it, you know the memory yeah, of being memory. there and the more you can do to create a memory um and create an experience for that specific person make them feel like this is nobody else is going to experience this i feel like the yeah. better time you'll have as far as like you know planning for the shows as far as actually getting people to come out you know, yeah things like that i feel like you'll be a lot more successful when you really just plan it out ahead of time and really be creative in how you make that unique for each listener or each city or things like that so I, that's what, yeah, yeah that's why i really connect with um with shows and touring and people like i said people are always like crazy but for me it's like so much more personal because i have been like people have asked me like oh do you want to be an a and r would you like an A&R position or, you know, and I always tell people, you know, I I'm really open to learning about being an A&R. Right. I feel like A&Rs <laughs> are really talented, but for me personally, like my passion doesn't necessarily lie in, and this may sound crazy, but like my passion doesn't really lie in the creating of the music hmm. as much as it does in the creating of a live show. And I'll say, I'll tell you why, because with the live show, I just feel like you are bringing the music to life and you're bringing it in front of like, you know, the people that are pretty much helping and funding your, your yeah. career. Like mm -hmm. and just seeing people sit in the front of your show 
singing every single lyric where it's like you wrote that in your college dorm and now all these people are singing it or like seeing people crying or seeing people yeah. like literally shaking to take a picture with you or like being so excited to like buy yeah. your merch and they're like with their parents and they're like mom can i please get the sweater and the hat and the <laughs> sticker and the shirt like you know like just that yeah. feeling is so like I love it. I love it. I love being a part of that experience because every night, even though you've heard the set over and over and over, you've heard it through rehearsal, you've heard it in every city. Mm-hmm. It's like a different experience mm-hmm. every single night. Like being able to see like these kids or like whoever these adults, these people like light up from hearing your songs that they maybe played when they were going through a hard time or through a breakup or whatever, and just having them just be so in the moment in that time like they it's, couldn't it's be anywhere yeah you know how they're like you could be anywhere but you're here with me tonight like that's so true like yeah, you could literally true. be doing anything but you're spending three hours and your money to be there and to, to watch this person perform like your favorite songs i feel like that is so special and i know growing up for me that was something i always really loved doing and my mom would take me to shows mm-hmm. and i just i even now i'm i like i'm a fan so when i go to shows Same. i'm like this is like i love it i love it so that's what that's what's in it for me and that's why i I, you know i I that's my favorite part of the industry yeah yeah well i mean you you found your calling (laughs) but (laughs) no i feel you 100 like yeah i remember me and louise had a show um for actually for last year when we were part of the selection north america tour um Mm -hmm. when we went to the last show in toronto I, i think that was the best show I've ever played and, and it's because I mean there were a few different elements there was obviously it was me and Louise you know which was the first time that I've done that for Najee you know like it was like just adding that extra person mm-hmm. that extra energy to be able to riff off of really you know help just solidify and make me feel comfortable on stage but then Toronto was just incredibly they were supportive. so hype they were so hype it was like, crazy like mm-hmm. you know, so I yeah. accidentally started and I felt bad I really felt bad for Francis not because he wasn't doing like he wasn't killing it but because when I when I <laughs> I did my set. I I just randomly started this chant. I was like, everybody say Louise is a G. <laughs> and like, oh and my it kind gosh. of it took storm. And throughout the entire evening, even throughout like a friends' set and Francis' set and Andre's set, like whenever like there was like a lull in their set, they were like, Louise is a G. I'm like, y'all, <laughs> like I love we love y'all too, but like, damn, like chill. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it was wild. You yeah. see, that's like the power of yeah. like just them all coming together like yeah. i love that yeah and it was incredible and, was cool. and then we went in the, we were in the crowd and like we were just moshing yeah. out with them and, and it was such a fun vibe yeah just to be able to like, share that with them no but that was crazy because like there were people like when they were coming up to us it was just such a surreal experience people were just like yo like can i get a picture with you and i was like you don't even know it was me. like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, like dog this is like my first time on stage in toronto <laughs> like, what yeah yes <laughs> It's surreal, right? And yeah. it's like it's like it makes them feel good. They're happy to be yeah. there. It makes you feel good. Like yeah. it's just I just feel like it's so positive. Like I yeah. I really love it. I love it and like even yeah, like that meet and greet part, you know, like mm-hmm. you hear all kinds of stories like oh so i drove five hours to be here like oh like your album helped me get over this breakup or like mm. you don't understand like my mom loves your music and i put her onto this and that. like you know like yeah, you just hear all yeah. these stories i've been and you're just dude. like wow <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no i've totally been that too and that's yeah. what i'm saying like when you see that from something that you created in, in like 
your apartment or your basement or your dorm or you know in the yeah. studio whatever you're just like damn like this is powerful and this yeah. has an effect For real. Really and does. i feel like that's that's the difference of like you know just like i said like when you're creating and then like when you actually see the the effect of it like mm-hmm. yes. wow i put out this music you know it did what it did and like this is the effect this is how people are receiving it and that's just really rewarding so yeah yeah well, thank you, Jasmine, for you know stopping by and just sharing some of that knowledge, dropping some knowledge, dropping some knowledge, and the experience yes. for all of those who are listening. Again, this is Jasmine dropping. You <laughs> drop, drop that. I just, I just, she just dropped bombs. Oh, of knowledge. Yeah, I, wow, you know, just well yeah. done. Um, but thank you. Thank I want you. my own channel. <laughs> uh, even if I'm not there, record it. You will de- we'll definitely get you a chance off. We gotta yes. we gotta figure it out. We'll we'll mull over, workshop we'll, it a bit. Yeah. But you we'll know, put it to the okay. set. It'll, you know? it'll definitely get there. Um, but yeah. So for all those listening, just to yeah. to bring it home, you know, if you're an artist who is trying to figure out, you know, what exactly you need to make like a tour work or make a show work, just yeah. you know, really uh, identify where your fans are, listen to them, you know, like look for them, like yeah. she's saying, you know, use analytics, use the data that you have, um, and just reach out to venues, reach out to anybody you can, and really plan the yeah. stuff out before time. Um, and plan if before you reach plan out. Plan before plan you the reach route. out. Like, it, it's, yes. it, you know, there's there's something to say about the punk yes. zeitgeist and just being like, fuck it, bro, we just going. Like, but <laughs> you really should plan. Save the money. <laughs> and, you know, as yep. far as like finding the right manager, finding the right, you know, just relationship, take your time. It is a date. It, mm-hmm. is, it is a relationship in your life. It, you know, platonic, yes, but it's definitely, <laughs> it is one of the most important relationships you'll have in your life, in your career. So you need to take the time to find the right person suss them out feel how things are going mm. you know don't let anything be rushed don't let anybody like pressure you into being like it's got to be this way or yes. you need to do it. you know it's it's a, it's a yeah. conversation it's, it's a constant back and forth and and camaraderie of, of growth for both of you and just putting your your best everybody's best interest you know first but yeah. especially yours and yeah. making sure that you you're still enjoying your job everybody's enjoying what yeah. they do you know and and that as long as you yes. always just make sure you keep those little checks and balances and just ask questions you'll be fine you know yeah ask research and thrive experience and experience yes and, and, i love know. that closing yes yes so beautiful what is our uh, next episode, Louise? So the next episode, I'm prepared uh-huh. this time. All no. right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> next episode, we're going to be talking about how to make your cat insta famous. Ah, yes, insta famous, so that you can get <laughs> you can get that dough off of you know your furry little friend. Profits. Profit. They don't even have to do any. That's the crazy part about insta famous cats, is that the, the cat doesn't even know. They don't even care. They don't care. But, you know, you just, you know. It's just straight, you know, manipulation. (laughs) You're just just using them for your own personal gains. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming through, Jasmine. We appreciate you once again. Where can we find you you on the interwebs? Like, where are your handles? Um, My handles are pretty much... Oh, well, okay. My Instagram is just Collier. And then my Twitter is J.A. Collier. Beautiful. Perfect. Simple. Wait, how do you spell Collier? Because some people might be troubled. <laughs> oh, right. It's C O L L I E R. I know, like, French spells it like C O U or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay. C- <laughs> yes, C O L L I E R. 
Oh, beautiful. Thank Perfect. you. Well, yes. And if you have any questions for us, Thousand Story, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Thousand Story underscore. And that's an actual underscore, not the word underscore. I know nobody has clarified that yet, but some people. Some people are so fucking pedantic. Thousand, I, he said thousand story underscore. underscore. I don't understand. I can't find it. I'm like, breathe. So, thousand yes. story underscore and actual underscore. Um, and if you want to find myself personally, I am at Mr. Naji Boy. That's M R N A J I B O Y. And I am at El Pontillo. That's E L P O N T I L L O on Twitter and Instagram. You know, hit us up, ask us questions, yes, comment. Sir. If you liked it, let us know. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, or Spotify. I don't know if you could do reviews on Spotify, but anywhere you can leave a review. That would be cool, though. That would be fine. Apple Podcasts. Oh, my gosh. That'd be incredible. Imagine a Spotify community. Like, just transfer everything over from SoundCloud. Like, use those followers. (laughs) Anyway. um, (laughs) YouTube iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, And we will be back next episode. But until then, thank you for listening. Have a great night or day or, you know, afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this. Whenever you're listening to it. And uh, (laughs) this has been the Thousand Story Podcast. Bye. Bye. Thank you.